Welcome to The Lifted Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Denham, and this is a place for us to talk about what we're doing every day to raise our vibration and understand ourselves more deeply as energetic beings and co-creators. If you're new here, I'm Helen. I'm a confidence and business mentor for women, and my whole purpose is to help you clear out any mental or spiritual blocks that are keeping you from leading the most happy, fulfilling, successful life that you could possibly lead. This podcast is about activating our highest potential, healing in mind, body, and spirit, and above all, holding space for our humanity as we explore the depths of what it means to be human. I'm so happy to be on the podcast today. I've been on a little social media hiatus for the last week, which has been such a good little experiment for me. I very rarely do this. You know me, I'm always chat, chat, chatting on socials. I really enjoy sharing on a daily basis and and connecting with you all like that. But um, I figured, you know, it was time to take a little bit of a, a pulse check zoom out of my life for a minute and just see what would come up in the stillness. Because when I'm in content creation mode on a daily basis, I'm usually spending a couple hours a day actually like filming reels or thinking of content and posting on stories and doing my sales and everything like that. So this last week, it's just amazing what comes up when we take, when we take a hiatus like this. Um, And what really came up for me was thinking about my life on a holistic level, like how I wanted to create a more well-rounded, happier, fulfilling life in general. And something that I've been kind of having in the back of my mind for a while is wanting to be more of an athletic person, you know, and I, and I keep going to the gym and I'll do some weightlifting. I'll do a little hike here and there. I'll do a little walking, but I really didn't have anything to like really boost my physical fitness. And I also know that building our physique and, and challenging ourselves athletically is a hugely mental process as well. So um, I had this ping last week to sign up for a half marathon. I know. <laughs> if you saw my newsletter go out on Sunday, I, I talked a little bit about this, but I have never been a runner in my life. And I don't know where this download came from, but it's really helpful, I find, to have a very tangible goal to work toward because otherwise, if I'm in the gym without a goal or a purpose for training that day, like I get a lot less done. So this last week, I've really been diving into researching the mindset of athletes and runners. And I've just been doing a deep dive on ultra marathons and nutrition. And it's just been very fun to get obsessed, um, you know, on a personal level to have something that I'm personally working toward as well and not even sharing a lot about. Well, now I'm sharing it with you all, but you know what I mean? It's really fun. So this is just an encouragement to perhaps take a zoom out of your life and say, okay, where can I like, where can I think outside of the box right now? Is there anything that you want to challenge yourself to do perhaps this summer that would feel like it would raise the bar for you and, and help you feel more empowered and more confident on a daily basis. So that's been coming up this last week. It's been really fun. Um, you know, just to give you an example of what we're all capable of here, speaking of quantum leaps, et cetera, like when I first started running only a week and a half about ago, just a little bit, I could barely make it through two miles. Um, and yesterday I ran 7.5 miles and did it pretty easily. So that is what can happen when we put our minds to something and understand by seeing to believe what's around us, what the heck is possible. So there's been that. And then also just 
you know, planning for launches, getting a, getting a little think tank going about how I want my business to pan out, what I can offer you all as, as far as group coaching goes and more community events and circles for us and expanding my mentorship containers. So, um, just, I'll just tell you right now, we've got another full moon circle coming up on July 2nd. It's a Sunday evening, so I can't wait to see you guys there for our full moon circle. I love doing those. I haven't done one, I think, in a couple months, but figured I'd bring those back. Um, I miss sitting with you guys and just checking in, seeing what's going on. So those full moon circles include like a hypno journey. I take you into a nice, deep guided visualization meditation that's like a hypnosis. We do journaling. We talk about the astrology at play. We pull oracle cards and we just get a chance to kind of witness each other and and talk about what we're experiencing as a collective and as individuals. So July 2nd, that's coming up. That's a Sunday. Um, okay, let's do a little shifty shift into our, our topic for today, which is five keys to subconscious healing. We're kind of going back to basics today because there's so many hot button words in this industry and in the spiritual world and the wellness world and reprogramming the subconscious is certainly one of them. <laughs> and I think I actually love that there are hot button words that come up because then we start to ponder them and we ask ourselves, well, what does this mean for me and how can I continue to grow? So this is one of them. And I, I also think at the same time, when we hear something so often, it pe can become kind of surface level. So I thought we'd peel back the layers here and go a little, little deeper into what the heck subconscious healing entails, what does it even mean, and five keys to unlocking this part of self. So why don't we just start at the beginning with our first key here. What the heck even is the subconscious? So the subconscious is part of our mental activity that is occurring below the level of conscious awareness. So when we think about a subconscious, you know, a subconscious mind and how this shows up in, in real time, think of habits, think of automatic responses, think of your emotional triggers and automatic responses, and even memory, deep memory, like this deep knowing or wisdom that's been ingrained that you don't even have to think about. So think about like automated, automatic responses that you have on a daily basis. And um, this influences our behavior. So our personalities are hugely part of the subconscious mind based on beliefs that we formed as kids, what we saw around us growing up and continue to on until today. So uh, our environment very strongly programs the subconscious mind because like I was just saying a minute ago, like seeing to believe is a very important part of programming the mind. And this lives in the subconscious as well. So, I mean, you can even think about like how living in a really dense city versus living in a cabin in nature would yield two very different experiences. You know, that's, that, that forms a personality trait that forms how we behave in certain ways. And that forms also mental constructs and our perception is shaped and our interpretations of the world are shaped through these belief systems. And you know what? The idea and the exploration of the subconscious mind is still relatively new. It really began with Sigmund Freud. We're going to go on a mini history journey here. Sigmund Freud really began the study of psychoanalysis and proposed the initial model of the mind that had three parts, the conscious mind, the pre-conscious mind, and the unconscious 
unconscious mind. And he really talked about the unconscious mind containing repressed thoughts and desires and memories that influence our behaviors and can be assessed particularly through dream analysis, which was really interesting. So he kind of kickstarted this idea of the mind consisting of multiple layers and parts. And then Carl Jung came along and Carl Jung actually studied under Sigmund Freud and then they became kind of collaborators and also kind of competitors as time went on. But Carl Jung really expanded on this concept of the unconscious and tapping into the collective unconscious and helping us understand how we associate with archetypes and symbolism and stories that all human beings share. And he helped us understand how to know ourselves as individuals coming out of a collective mind, basically, and a collective unconscious to help us understand ourselves more as individuals and develop this deeper sense of psychological wholeness as like a personality type, if that makes sense. So he expanded on the idea of the collective unconscious and then how we understand ourselves as individuals apart from that. But it wasn't until Pierre Jeannette came along, I hope maybe it's Jeannet, Pierre Jeannet, (laughs) very French. He actually coined the term, the subconscious itself. So he was focusing more on dissociation and the influences of the unconscious on our behaviors. And he was studying more psychological disorders, but he really coined the term, the subconscious. And now we find ourselves in modern day psychology and very much in the spiritual world and the wellness world world where now we're getting into the quantum realms. So it's just interesting to go on a little journey back to see how kind of this idea of the subconscious itself is pretty new and think about where we're going to be in a hundred years from now. What are, what else are we going to be studying? We're now talking about the quantum realms and developing, you know, six senses in so many ways in a much more realistic approach, which might've seemed crazy, especially as women talking about this, like a hundred years ago. So I thought I'd give you a little a little bit of a history kickback on that. I'm, I always learn so much too as I talk with you guys about these topics. So let's get back to our original point here is what is the subconscious? That's the first key is like knowing where the subconscious was developed, how this term came about, what this really means. And the second key to understanding and unlocking the, the subconscious and subconscious healing is developing that awareness and the acknowledgement of what we're experiencing. And there are a couple ways to really practice awareness and acknowledgement about our deeper experiences. One of the most powerful ways I've found to do this is through creative writing. So journaling is amazing because it gets all of those thoughts and, and systems onto the page so that we can kind of have this conscious dissociation, if you will, so that we can see, okay, this is me on the page. Like this is what I'm moving through. And then it, we can kind of analyze that. But What I love about creative writing and especially poetry is that we begin to make our experience into art and it will assign meaning and purpose to our lives in a whole new way. So I think a really powerful way to bring awareness and even surprise ourselves in our own experiences internally can be creative writing. Um, And if it's not writing, maybe it's painting, maybe it's art, maybe it's photography, but Getting to know your own unique lens uh, by which you view the world through in a way that's really personal to you um, 
And that, I think that's what makes art so powerful. It elicits an emotion and it teaches us something new about ourselves. It, it kind of turns the pain into something beautiful. Maybe it's not always pain either. This can just be a way to almost psychoanalyze yourself through creative processes. Okay. And then the second part to this key is accepting whatever emotions are coming up with compassion, not trying to change or mold or reject or shame whatever's coming up in the process of acknowledgement, but just acknowledging it with loving awareness, unconditional acceptance, love, and perhaps even tolerance. Can you even tolerate yourself? Could you bring love to yourself? And you know, thinking of a hierarchy of emotions there. If you can tolerate it, that's the first phase. If you can accept it, that's the second phase. And if you can bring love to it, that's the third and most powerful phase of alchemy, which is really beautiful. That's where the growth happens. And you know what, as we move through these keys here, this is the method that I really bring into mentorship and what I go through with my girls. This is what we're doing. We're doing all this subconscious healing and these are, this is the method, right? Okay, so the third key here is uncovering those limiting beliefs. So whatever's being purged out, whatever's coming up, whatever our triggers are teaching us or the writing is teaching us or you know, talking about it in conversation, we can then say, okay, what is the belief beneath this? What is this trying to show me? What is this experiencing experience really revealing about me in this way? So this is where we can really take a look at how our triggers are our teachers always like there's there's always something throughout the day that's going to bother us or annoy us or you know throw us off of our path a little bit and I would invite us to instead of avoiding those triggers and looking away and shying away or just turning our back to like face it head on that's why healing is often you know it requires a lot of bravery and courage to look at the uncomfortable parts so that we can bring more levity and light to a situation so Practice this use of discernment in your day-to-day moments, noticing what's throwing you off, why it's throwing you off, and what the deeper belief related to that discomfort is trying to show you. So once you can identify what self-limiting belief is accompanying a trigger or a situation that feels really uncomfortable, you can start to take take the reins back. You can start to put yourself back in the driver's seat and you can start to make a different choice, but we can't really make a different choice until we know what choice we're subconsciously making that might not have anything to do with our willpower. This is where empowerment work really comes in. This is what empowerment is. It's it's owning the choice that we all have at every time. And really the primary choice here is to take responsibility for your own well-being to remove yourself from the victim mentality and put yourself in place of the hero's journey, essentially, to to empower yourself to know that, okay, I actually have a say in how my life is going to pan out. And if I want to change this, I'm going to have to change my thoughts and my belief system. So this is where you get to write yourself a new story. And an exercise I love to do is asking yourself, okay, what's the best case scenario here? Because usually when we're feeling uncomfortable with something or we're triggered by something, we're always going to a disaster scenario. 
which I even call disaster prophesizing because it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy a lot of the times when we start to like ache and worry over something. It's like we just create more pain, right? So what if we change the narrative to here's the best case scenario and here's how I'm going to take steps to move closer to that best case scenario. This is where the power comes back. And it makes me think of this lovely Louise Hay quote. She says, you've been criticizing yourself for so long and it hasn't worked. It just hasn't worked. So why not try something else? You know, um, it's so funny how we behave in this way. We keep thinking that negative reinforcement is going to work and work and work, but it just, it might work on a surface level to some degree, but eventually we just enter into this loop of suffering. So I invite you to try some positive reinforcement and see what happens there. It's not going to make you weaker. I think it's going to make you a lot stronger. And, um, I was talking about this with a couple of my clients today. I've been really into, you know, studying ultra marathon runners and one runner that I just love. Her name is Courtney Dahlwater. And she refers to the pain that she feels on her long distance runs. Like I'm talking, these ultra marathons can get up to 200 miles. People run 200 miles in something like 48 to 72 hours. It's nuts. But she is like a mental warrior. She's like a Zen master. And she calls the pain point that she hits, you know, deep into the run, her pain cave. And she doesn't talk about it as this like hellscape. She talks about it as a growth point and an opportunity for growth. And she'll really use active visualization to see herself chipping away at her pain cave and expanding the threshold that she has for discomfort. And that's her zone. It's like this zone of genius that she taps into. And she is unchallenged as an ultra marathon runner. She beats all the women and all the men in this extreme sport. And she does not do it with negative reinforcement. She does it with positive reinforcement. So if you have a thought that using positive reinforcement is not going to make you as strong, or it's going to make you weaker because you won't work as hard or you won't be punished for something, I invite you to really question that because that's what most of us have been doing our whole lives. And it leads us into sadness, pain, and suffering. So Try the other way. What if you celebrated yourself? What if you poured so much love into yourself that you were willing to try even more difficult things just to see what you were capable of from a place of love? Let's try that, shall we? Our journey for the week. (laughs) Okay, so in essence, the third key here is to uncover those limiting beliefs and develop a new narrative that's rooted in more positivity, more optimism, and more productive outcomes that are fulfilling. Yeah. Fourth key here is forgiveness of the past. Forgiving yourself for all of those patternings and all of those loops that have been playing in your mind for so long. Forgiving yourself for falling subject to self-harming tendencies or behavior patterns. It's okay. You know, part of the healing journey is being okay with that. It kind of tails off of our previous point there. Like beating yourself up for not reaching your highest potential in the past is only going to lead you down a darker path and it's going to turn into more of the same. So let's just break that cycle right there. Let's choose radical forgiveness and self-acceptance and make the decision to move forward in a more compassionate and loving way. This is where I love to use mirror work and doing affirmations in the mirror. And one thing I'll say about affirmations in the mirror from time to time, instead of saying, I am blank in the mirror, like I am beautiful. I am smart. I am amazing in the mirror. Sorry. There's a beeping car change that as you talk to yourself in the mirror to you are, 
you are beautiful. You can do this. You are so smart. You're so amazing. Da da da. Um, because when we say you are, as we look at ourselves in the mirror, it reminds us of someone else saying that to us as a kid, or anytime someone else has said something to us that's harmful or not harmful. Like having the words you are integrated into our, you know, self hypnosis and our positive affirmations changes something in the brain, you know, changes the chemistry of the brain because so many of our beliefs were formed between zero and 14, mostly zero and seven. And they were usually because our parents or our caregivers or kids on the playground were saying, you are this, or you are this, you are this. So by reclaiming those words, as we look at ourselves in the mirror, it can be super powerful to say you are in the mirror. So yeah. Okay. So that's a great way to, to change that. And then also a meditation practice that I love, and especially when you're in a loop of pain or suffering or you're spiraling is the Honoponopono prayer, this indigenous prayer that translates to, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. It's an active loop of forgiveness that you get to interact with and do that as many times as necessary until you have an emotional release, a purging and acceptance, and that compassion comes to the surface. So I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And I actually find that using EFT, emotional freedom technique, kind of like elicits this prayer in so many ways because the the cycle of the the EFT tapping usually goes through an acknowledgement of the pain that we're experiencing, giving forgiveness to ourselves for having experienced that discomfort and then changing the narrative. So it's like the acknowledgement, the forgiveness, and the plan of action that changes it. So beautiful. Yeah, so I would say mirror work, the Honoponopono prayer and meditation, and then EFT in there as well. So that's our fourth key is self-compassion and forgiveness and putting those into action. Finally here, we're into the reprogramming part, reprogramming the subconscious mind. So thinking about how the idea of the subconscious mind was developed and how much it relies on symbols and stories and especially repetition, we can kind of biohack our systems to bring in and soak up like a sponge new systems of belief. So this is where I think we can get a little bit more technical. I know I've talked about this before, but I will probably every couple of weeks record new affirmations into the voice notes of my phone and I'll record those. And then I'll listen to those either right as I'm falling asleep or right as I'm waking up where I'm still in between the waking and sleeping states. So I can really absorb those affirmations. Um, also, I'll listen to those like when I'm on a walk or something. It kind of relates to EMDR, which is, you know, marrying kind of an activity with repetition in the mind. You can look more into that. I don't know a lot about EMDR, but I want to study that a little bit more. Um, and then also setting little challenges for yourself. So I love to do a challenge once in a while where I try not to complain for a whole day. Like I really get super cognizant and mindful of the words I'm speaking and notice like, okay, how can, how long can I go without complaining? And what is my natural response to complaining? And can I override that with heightened awareness? So it's a great practice to try. So reprogramming, reprogramming the subconscious mind can be quite technical with habit change and really instilling these tools that we can use on a daily basis. And finally, when we're reprogramming the subconscious, we need to get out of the environment that molded us into 
the old version of ourselves, the, the constricted version of ourselves that was rooted in scarcity. So if you're trying to change a belief system into one that is more abundant and more prosperous and more loving, we've got to change the environment so that the new environment reflects that new pattern and that new belief system. So I really find that this can be done in nature. Go to places in nature where you feel connected, when you, where, where you feel like you're an extension of life source energy itself, where you feel creatively sparked. Um, this is why I've always hired my own mentors or entered programs where I can learn more because those teachers, those coaches and mentors become my expanders and they show me the path forward and I come out of those containers as a whole different person. That's where the quantum leaps take place. So if that's an option for you, get yourself into rooms with people that you admire so that you can feel what's available to you and actively start to change. Maybe that means, you know, speaking of running, go ahead and sign up for like a half marathon or join a meditation uh, class that will keep you accountable every week for deepening your meditation practice or practice yoga. But um, I think this can be really helpful to set goals that have like an actual tangible outcome, like where you either are going to get a certificate of completion or you know you're going to have, you know, a test on this, I don't know, something. But continuing the education of ourselves can can really lead to amazing outcomes and complete changes in our, our systems of beliefs. And we become new, more empowered people on the other side of that. So Okay, my friends, this was fun to go through. I hope that this all <laughs> resonated and landed like uh, like it should for you. So those are our five keys to subconscious healing. To review, it's number one, understanding what the subconscious even is, how this idea was developed. Number two is bringing awareness and acknowledgement to the deeper belief systems and noticing what triggers us. Number three is uncovering those limiting beliefs and actually identifying what the beliefs are on the baseline. Um, number four is radical forgiveness and self-compassion. And number five is the active reprogramming with new habits and new tools being instilled and changing our environments. So bless. Thank you so much for being here. If you feel like a buddy might benefit from this episode, please do send it along. Maybe share it to your stories. Send me a message on Instagram. Let me know what your biggest takeaways were from this. And of course, if you want to work with me in a more intimate container, doors are open for the mentorship. You can join me in a 16-week mentorship container where we're doing all of this and so much more. I really take an action-oriented approach to my method um, because I've seen this help so many women and to help them quantum leap time and time again. It's really beautiful. This is it's my greatest joy, my greatest honor to be able to support you all in this way. So you can find everything linked in the description below. And that's it from me for now. I'll talk to you next time. Thank you so much for being here. I love you. Bye for now.